Hello and welcome to The Local Loop, episode three, where we'll be talking about service provider use cases for multi-cloud networking. I'm your host, Aubrey King with Dev Central. This month, we'll be talking with James Thompson, solution architect at F5. It's been a bit since we talked, and I know we acquired Voltaire a couple of years back. You've spent a significant portion of your time working with distributed cloud since that time in the SP environment. And you've covered SP for how long now? It's been a long time, right? It's been about 14 years now. If that's the case, and you've been very dedicated to the distributed cloud, what are the biggest topics that you've talked to SPs about with regards to the distributed cloud and its usefulness here? Yeah, so when we acquired Volterra, it was interesting. It was a, a SaaS platform that that grew up in the same vein of, of what F5 had traditionally done. But when we took it to our, a lot of our, our service provider customers, we wanted to get an idea of, of how they were approaching the cloud. So if you look at large service providers that have large global backbones that focus on providing connectivity, we said, what does your world look like as the cloud comes into play? And so a big portion of what they were trying to accomplish was connecting their backbone customers to these cloud resources. So how could they do that more effectively? How could they take a customer's 700 locations worldwide and more seamlessly tie them in to the cloud? Because what they started to realize is they're, they're beginning to lose revenue, connectivity revenue. So an AWS or a Microsoft is going to go directly to a large company and say, why don't you just build direct connectivity between your data centers and our locations? So when we talked with those customers, they said, like, hey, we're seeing less traction because we're seeing less traction on our backbone because traffic is now leaving a customer and going directly to the cloud and not coming through our network. And so once we started to realize that a lot of our customers said, hey, how do we make ourselves more sticky in this environment? How do we create a reason or provide advanced services for our customers on our global backbones to want to use our network to ride to the cloud? So we talk a lot with them about quality of service and why they have the backbones and what we can do for them. But it's a real concern. The connectivity companies out there directly to the public clouds, there's Equinix involved. And then all of our service providers are working with companies like Equinix and Megaport. So it's a lot more confusing for enterprise customers to say, what's the best way to actually connect to a cloud or connect to services that exist all over their network? So. A big portion of what they're trying to do is keep customers on their backbone with enhanced services. And so we put together packages and, and solutions that help them create advanced services that they didn't have before. So instead of just plugging a customer into the cloud, they can actually help deliver some functionality on top of that. So instead of saying, hey, I plugged you into the cloud, our customers can now say, hey, I plugged you into the cloud. I've configured the cloud networking to talk to our backbone. I've built a set of security services in the cloud for you. And within one hour of launching this service, you are able to deploy secure applications across our backbone. That sentence sounds a lot more interesting than we plugged you into the cloud. Most definitely. And I imagine systems integrators and things like that, that's got to make their jobs a, a lot easier to deliver kinds of services in a, in a timely fashion. Yeah, no, definitely. The thing that I think a lot of our SP customers are noticing is they need to be stickier with their customers, their end users, right? One reason you stay with a large enterprise and stay on their backbone or run your data across their network is because you're getting a certain amount of 
services from them, whether it's quality of service or voice services or routing, managed services for routing, right? So anything they can do to, to become more sticky and give them tighter integration with their customers is a bonus. And what we've been trying to do is really help our customers, our SP customers, elevate their role within the enterprise, their enterprise end user. So elevate it to not only talk about connectivity, but to talk about why we're connecting things. So one of the nice things that the F5 distributed cloud product does is it, there's a whole world of multi-cloud networking, but when we looked at the industry and we say, why are we doing multi-cloud networking? The reality is we're, we're networking multiple clouds and we're networking data centers so that we can connect applications and services. And so if a service provider can look at that and say, all right, if I can bring value to the application or value to the services that are running over the network, then I move up the stack and I become more of a, a trusted advisor instead of just someone that, that's doing the plumbing. You mentioned enterprise applications and, and enterprise customers there for a moment. How do you think their use cases differ from the service provider use cases in general? I mean, yeah, no, good question. So an enterprise, there's a portion of a service provider that looks like an enterprise, right? So there's a whole IT organization within all of our mobility customers and wireline and wireless services that is IT driven and, and looks like an enterprise. The other part of that world is providing a, a service like fixed cable, fixed wireless access, mobility wireless access, right? Those networks and those types of networks and the expectations they have are, are very different. And so when we talk with them about what a solution based on S5 distributed cloud looks like, there's just a different expectation, a different set of protocols, a different nuance to how traffic will run across their network. One example would be like an enterprise customer will traditionally, will often consume our SaaS solution. So part of the, the distributed cloud is that we have a worldwide set of, of pubs that run application services directly there. And enterprise customers are, are used to using cloud-based services over the internet. Our service providers are more interested in keeping traffic on their backbone as much as possible. So if part of our solution that supports an enterprise is to run traffic over the internet, to secure that traffic, to provide things like load balancing and application delivery and web application firewall and defense against bots. Those are primarily internet-based focused use cases. When we talk with the backend systems that service providers are more interested in, how do I connect these two backend services? How do I do my billing? How do I link into databases and data centers from public cloud? So a lot of times, again, just expectation level difference, but also use case difference. It's, it's funny, the original use case, right? Load balancing for F5 and, and that being our pedigree, what's your level of confidence here that we're able to deliver on such a, a drastically different solution? It's, I mean, this multi-cloud networking is, is a very different thing than, than strict load balancing. I thought that way when, when we acquired Volterra a couple of years ago, and then the more I looked at it and the more I worked with it, I've been at F5 now for 23 years and we only had one product when I first started and it was a, a big IP local load balancer. As a company, as we've added more security functions and we've added more delivery functions, we've really built a platform in, in big IP that has a, a lot. It has a lot of functionality. It's, it's grown in the market. We've exponentially grown in our web application security space. We've taken on API security, remote access, DNS services. So when we, when I look at Volterra, I really look at it as like a new 
a new way of reimagining some of the services that we built over such a long period of time into Big IP and looked at it as delivering it a different way. So if you know what a Big IP does, it, it proxies traffic from a client to a server, right? It does load balancing, it can secure the traffic. So when I look at the distributed cloud platform, I think of that as being a, a big IP in the cloud broken up into many pieces. And what I mean by that is the, the ingress part of a load balancer is where traffic comes in. So what we've done with distributed cloud is said, your ingress can be anywhere you want. It can be one at our, one of, at one of our 28 pop locations or 30 pop locations around the world. It can be your data center. It can be a public cloud location basically split the ingress, so bring traffic in. And then as part of the entire delivered platform, we can say, use an application service. So the same things we've always done, load balancing, web application, firewall, API security, it's all the same things that we've done, but doing it in a different way. So now you brought traffic onto the platform, you then make your decision, you make your load balancing decision, you secure the traffic, you do SSL termination, not in that order. And then you deliver it somewhere, right? So you deliver it to another data center or the public cloud or a private cloud or an edge location. And so that's like the back end of what a big IP would traditionally do. So as we've gone down the path, it, it made total sense that we would acquire this company because they were doing everything that we were doing already, just doing it in a different manner. And it was, it's more bored in the cloud. It's a being a SaaS platform, the control plane's up and running. We can onboard a customer in 10 minutes, right? Get a new customer on board, onboard them in 10 minutes. The control plane's already up and running and they're passing traffic. So that's not an experience that we've had in this industry and in, in really ever that I can imagine. Yeah, it is neat. I mean, the, the, the phrases traffic management or app delivery really come to mind. And, and since we've already had those as mantras here at F5 for at least the length of time that I've been here, it's not a huge stretch for me to see distributed cloud. So I, I would agree with you there. Absolutely. Now, we've, we've talked a little bit about service providers using their backbone or using distributed cloud to keep traffic on the backbone. But do you see the platform moving more into mobility space? And this is, again, another one that I peppered you on like day one, like when are we going to see these mobility integrations? But where where do you see that going? Or, or is yeah. there stuff already that, that's out there now for for mobility? Yeah. So we've been working and we traditionally, I've been working with a lot of our large mobility customers for, for the last 14, 15 years, like you said. And one of the things that has evolved over time is in the 3G network, when we've gone to 4G on the mobility side, and then now to 5G, how those services and functions in a, like a 4G or a 5G control plane are built and where they live and what they look like has drastically changed now with 5G. So one of the things on how that's evolved is the, the control plane traffic is now being really disaggregated. So instead of one big gigantic machine that provides lots of mobility services, they're really being broken down into microservices. And because of that, we've already naturally fit into some environments. So we have one customer that's building their entire 5G control plane architecture with another product that we have called Service Proxy for Kubernetes. So all of these elements are going to live in a Kubernetes environment and they need the ability to securely connect and firewall, securely connect, load balance and provide high availability for. So we created a product that was born out of our big IP world into something called SPK or secure the Kubernetes platform. So as those, as we start to look at what that environment, how that will look over time, we know customers are going to be building these closer and closer to end users. So what 
mobile edge computing looks like, a mech platform looks like. We, we know that our service provider customers are building platforms for private 5G. They're building platforms to push closer to the edge. Content and applications are moving to the edge. And so the opportunity that we see is our platform, our distributed cloud software. So we talked about what runs in the cloud. There's also a component that can run on-prem or in, in, in a public cloud or a location. Anywhere there's compute, we can run our software. And that software also has the ability to run containerized applications. So if we can run containerized applications on our platform, we call it the, the F5 distributed cloud app stack. That's our flavor of Kubernetes. So if we have this platform that can run the applications and we already inherently have the ability to securely connect to other locations, then it becomes a, a great target for running what deemed as telco cloud workloads. So whether it's control plane traffic and the future, we would see actual user plane traffic. So think now of a platform where you can run your UPF and your control plane components in one location and be able to manage a thousand, 2000 locations all from one pane of glass. So that's what we're aiming for. We're excited to see the product grow into that. We already know we can do the application portion of it. And really now it's just drilling into the standards and drilling into how our customers actually want to roll that out and push that to the edge. The last question that I've got here is really, how has it helped your customers with regards to time to market and rolling out the platform? Like let's say a customer has an issue, it's a hot pressing issue, they need to order, they got to go through that process. They have to talk to their sales rep. They got to size things they got on and on and on. What do things look like here with distributed cloud? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a whole other world, really. Being a SaaS platform has so many advantages being born out of a SaaS platform. So when I say SaaS, I'm predominantly talking about the control plane and then secondarily the, the data plane. So imagine that your, your control plane portal is always up and running. You don't have to set it up, right? You don't have to set up your GUI, your setup access to your CLI. It doesn't live on-prem. You don't have to deploy it and manage it. So we're taking care of all of that. We worry about scalability, how many objects you have, how much traffic are you passing? So we as a company are taking care of all of that. We had one customer who had on-prem infrastructure, so NFE infrastructure, load balancers, firewalls. They had a massive attack on their data center and they were locked out of a lot of their, their virtual machines. And so they needed to be able to quickly replicate what they had in the data center somewhere else. We were able to take a, a majority of the other applications and, and get them up and running on our platform within hours. And so that's a full control plane, public applications, DDoS involved web application firewalls, like go from zero to a hundred in, in two hours, but that's nowhere near what, what anybody can really do on, in this market, right? If you talk about the breadth of services that we could offer, so we had turned on our bot defense, our client side protection, which is like a JavaScript that watches what's happening in the browser to prevent attacks, our, our WAF technology, our load balancing, global load balancing. We any casted their IP address to, to the internet. And I don't think I really appreciated the platform until we saw that all happen all at the same time, all so quickly. To do that with any traditional EDM would be something much longer than that. And so it encouraged them and they got to the point and they said, you know what, this is the, the new way that, that we see to do this, right? And really it's all evolving from what the public cloud providers, the AWSs and the Googles did, right? They, they made people realize that you could spin up an app and have it running and publish on the internet within minutes. When you used to do that in a data center, it would take longer, yeah. right? So the, the time to market uh, is incredible. And so we look at that and then 
customers want more, right? So customers don't just want it for compute, they want it for network. So there's a big movement in our service provider customers to provide network as a service or NAS services. You can get it. If you Google network as a service, you get tons of companies that you log into their service and they can, they'll use APIs to talk on the back end. They'll communicate with level three and they'll communicate with, with Equinix and get your networks connected within minutes, right? You all do it on demand on the network. So our service provider customers are building that on their backbone. Their customers want the same experience they get with public cloud, right? Click a button, get a network, click a, another button, get compute. And so we want to be able to integrate with them and say, Hey, click, click a button, send an API call, change your infrastructure's code to be able to push new apps, new networks, new connectivity, and then do that all at the same time. So it's, it's really been a, been an eye opener. It's a, it's a very quickly evolving market. We see a lot of customers struggling with basic concepts. If I do something on-prem, like if I, even like something as simple as web application firewall, I do it one way on-prem and now I'm doing it in AWS. So I use AWS as web application firewall. And then I deploy something in, in Azure and then I use Azure's web application firewall. So now I have my on-prem update signatures at, at different rates. And so log differently. No, they it, log differently. It, it just looks, it's just different, right? You have to manage it differently. Different people are managing it. And so to be able to go to a customer and say, Hey, we have a way for you to be able to deploy the same policies in all those locations and have uniformity in the way that you actually deploy something as simple as a WAF policy or update a signature is, is something that's really catching on. Well, cool. I love it. I think, you know, I'm, I'm a, a big supporter of it too. We're excited. I think the platform is growing so fast. I think we have the ability to show what the platform can do. I think the challenge we actually have is, is it does so much when we talk with our customers, it's really trying to get them to hone in on, on use cases that make sense for them for solving the problems that they have. So if you think of like going all the way from one side of the spectrum, which is deploying a fully managed global Kubernetes platform that you could deploy applications to a thousand restaurants where you run your point of sale system all the way to the other side, which is securely connect my four data centers and four cloud locations together, right? Those are very different problems. And so we do our best to be able to address all of them, and, but do it in a, in a way that we don't just blast every single feature on a PowerPoint. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time today, James. It's always great catching up. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Ari. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning into The Local Loop, a Dev Central podcast. If you like what you heard, we hope you'd click like or subscribe or maybe take a moment to write a review. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you next time on The Local Loop.